Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How you, are you? You hear a little scratch in my voice there? I do. It's uh, it's it's not COVID. Why don't you social distance yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm so happy that we got together today so I could share, you know, your germs, my joy. Yeah, <laughs> joyous germs. Yeah. Why don't you keep so, it yourself? So we're coming to you uh, semi-live from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. Yeah. It is a gorgeous day today. Uh, it is very sunny. And the the lake is at like summer pool or above. How about that? You were telling me like you have a lake by your house. We do. We, we have some property up on uh, Monegal Mountain. And uh, they uh, saw a post that it was eight feet higher than it was prior to the rains that we just yeah. got. So for those that may not know, this is a timely episode. We had tornadoes come through, not last night, but the night before. Yeah, and Easter Sunday night. Yeah, this is the 14th, so that was on the 12th. Of April. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, did uh, I not say that? Were, I mean, it was serious. Some, some deaths. And, yeah, and there were real, a few. I think I heard like nine or ten. Tragedy stuff. Uh, but gosh, I mean, it is like the East Brainerd area all the way up to like Ottawa College Dale is just destroyed. Right. Which is all uh, suburbs of Chattanooga. Yeah. Here in Tennessee. Right, right. For those listening in Bangladesh. <laughs> we want to welcome our uh, listeners from Dhaka, Bangladesh, which is the capital. Right, which you knew prior to No, I Googled it. it. <laughs> I, it said we had listeners in Dhaka. So I Googled it, and I'm like, hey, Dhaka is the capital of Bangladesh. So welcome. All, all are welcome here. We, we have listeners where, Ray, from... Uh, People listening in uh, the Nashville area, Denver, Colorado, um, yeah. in Florida. Florida. We have a lot of listeners in Florida. Yeah. Uh, you may be a cause of that. I could be the cause. You talk about our podcast with all your Florida friends. I do. I share with everybody I uh, I can come in contact yeah. with. Ohio, Denver, Nashville, Bangladesh. Right. You can add Bangladesh to the list. Yeah. So today, um, I sent you a text this morning about... Something I saw on LinkedIn, which is, uh, let's just title it here with the title of the of the post. Is well, it, we got to title it something. We got to title it something. So, so let's, let's title use it the this. title that they use yeah. as yeah. our title. <laughs> so this is from Cox Enterprises. This is an open letter to dealers from EVP Dale Pollock. I hope I'm getting that name right. Dale Pollock. P-O-L-L-A-K. Which I assume means uh, Executive Vice President. And as I read this, I believe this is true that he's the executive vice president and co-founder of Viato. Wow. Yeah. So the guy knows used cars. He knows auctions. He knows uh, the used car market. So shall we jump right in? Yeah, man. Let's talk. So uh, I won't go. Th- I won't read you this whole article, Ray. It's nine pages. <laughs> it's nine pages. And I noticed you have your reading glasses on because I, I gave you a copy. He gets into basically, what do I do with my used inventory? So it's a persistent question, he says, that I hear from dealers is, what do I do with my used car inventory? So he goes in to describe the fact uh, in six months, he has, has a couple of facts here he wants to lay out. In six months, as the 2021 models arrive at dealerships, every vehicle in your inventory will be one model a year older. That's a fact, Ray. Every year. He's, this is a, I mean, this guy's laying out. It happens every single yes. year. Every year when the new <laughs> ones come out, the old ones get a year older. Right. 
there will be huge, if not unprecedented, levels of wholesale supply in the market. He said one of Mannheim's biggest tasks today is determining where uh, to put the vehicles that are coming in. Uh, like lease vehicles, rental fleet, dealer-owned used vehicles. He said, basically, in short, he says, the cars are coming in, but they are not selling. So not a lot of dealers, apparently, are buying from auction right now, which makes sense. Hey, you may not be selling as much as usual, so you're not going to be buying as much as usual. Right. And now it's become a just pure supply and demand. Yeah. Right? The The supply is growing exponentially, and the demand has decreased. So, with a low demand and a high supply, what happens to prices, John? Well, the prices go down. Yeah. Yes. Uh, prices go down, Ray. So, this, that's kind of his third point here, I believe, is... No, no, he goes on to talk about unemployment and that the, basically that the... The market, it, he basically says, the market is going to suffer for at least six months, probably longer. He said, I've got some dealers that I'm talking to who are more optimistic, but he said, you know, realistically, we don't see this changing for a while. So uh, reading on, he says that the factories are already taking steps to help dealers manage the costs of new but unsold vehicle inventory. So in his estimation, and I mean, he would probably know better than I would, he believes the manufacturers are going to have some kind of relief packages for the dealers. Right. That, uh, you know, they... Well, and incentives, you know, dealer cash. I mean, they're going to throw some things out there to try to get uh, vehicles moving off lots, as well as, I mean, they've already come out with a number of dealers have four months, six months, no payment, zero interest for 72 months. I mean, there's you see a lot of incentives Yeah, I've already seen zero for 84. Um, Some friends on Facebook, yeah. Chrysler's got zero for 72, and then I saw another dealer was kind of commenting. There were dealer employees that are all friends, and so they're kind of commenting about their deals. And I don't know who it was, but they said it was zero for 84. Uh, and then the Chrysler person said, well, yeah, but do you have no payments for 90 days? So, you know, right. apparently they're throwing out all yeah. the all the. They're bingo. all getting in the mix. Right, right. So let me read this to you. It's it's standard for dealers to appraise vehicles using valuation references like Viato's Market Day Supply, the Mannheim Market Report, which we know as MMR, uh, Kelly Blue Book, or some other third-party guide to determine an appraisal amount. An appraisal amount. In more normal circumstances, these references are reliable. Now, this is from the VP of Viato. Right. This is why I want to read this word for word. It sounds to me like he's saying, in normal circumstances, these references are reliable, implying that right now they may not be so much. So he goes on to say there's a critical hitch in today's market. Retail and wholesale values have effectively fallen off a cliff in recent weeks. The sudden shift in the market makes these less useful. For example, he says at Mannheim, the MMR is showing a different value than the real-time auction prices. And he goes on to explain this. Basically, they have it built into the coding that if there is a sudden change in auction prices, the evaluation tool or the valuation tool doesn't automatically, uh, you know, react to these rapid changes. You know, it wants to stay kind of constant. Yeah. You want to get the idea of the curve, not the spikes. Right. So the the peaks and valleys, right? Yeah. So yeah, you want to kind of level it all out because you don't want to, you know, have to. First thing in the morning, you're pricing something at one price based on your 
digital or you know computer software and then four hours later all of a sudden you go oh gosh you know no that's not worth that you know Eight hundred dollars less, yeah, or fifteen dollars more. Yeah, you don't want a matter of hours changing your your yeah. MMR report yeah. or your or from day to day. Even I mean, yeah. you know, you're going to have subtle changes, but you want them to be subtle because again, you're evening out those peaks and valleys, like you said. Okay, so he says in dealerships, the valuation references can lead appraisers to value vehicles considerably higher than the true actual cash value today. A problem that will only get worse as supplies of wholesale vehicles continue to grow in the weeks and months ahead. So he's saying basically that don't the, trust the software. Well, I mean, I wouldn't put it that way, but that is kind of a way to put it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that the, the tool is programmed to, go at a slow pace whether it's going up or down it's going to be slower than the actual market right uh so the market is diving and he says the market is continuing to dive and expects that it will continue to do so i've cautioned dealers that they are likely booking a profit on their new car transactions that will wash out to a loss when they eventually retail the trade-in so what he's saying here is you you do a new car deal. You use the MMR, the V Auto, or the Kelly Blue Book to appraise the trade-in vehicle. You think you've made seven thousand dollars on this deal. Well, in six months, you're underwater on your used car lot. Right, which could be great for selling it to the bank, but at the end of the day, you're going to lose money as a dealership because that vehicle's not going to be worth that when you go to retail it. Right, and you, you when I briefly told you the summary of what we're going to talk about today, you, you had a comment about the used car managers. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen many a used car manager who gets a bonus one month and the next month he loses his job. <laughs> because because he looks got, all great on paper. Yeah, but he's got all this water on his lot. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, I mean I've seen that time and again is, uh, you know, you bring a new car manager in and oh my gosh he, he's the savior he's gonna make us so much money for three months right. and then you let him go because he has a few bad months and all of a sudden you realize oh my gosh right oh my god what do we have the right. reason we look so good on paper <laughs> is because he was putting 20 percent more in these cars right it's a difficult task of any dealership right i mean a, a good used car manager is worth his weight in gold right and, I mean, they're getting worked from every angle, right? The salesman's working them. Oh, God. Hey, give me more, give me more. Right. The new car manager's working them. Hey, can't you put a little more in this so we can oh, put this absolutely. deal together? And for some reason, the customer thinks that the what his payoff is has some level of relevance to right. the value of his vehicle. <laughs> right. right. Oh, 12. How yeah. can you only give me yeah. nine? <laughs> this doesn't, that math doesn't make sense. Oh, 12. <laughs> Sir, I didn't, I didn't sell you that car. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, that's the old thing. Uh, where'd you buy it? Oh, here. You oh. bought it here? Wow. <laughs> Who'd you buy it from? I need to go give that salesman a high five. He knocked your head off. Jeez. Um, so what he, and this is our summary, certainly we don't want to put words in the mouth of the executive vice president for Cox Automotive, uh, but... He's almost indicating that you know wait on uh, on these transactions. Almost better to forego a sale today to be better positioned in uh, in six months. Very insightful of you, Ray, because that's the next paragraph oh, I was hey. going to share. Now, I think up until now, what he's been saying in this article is, I get. I think he's saying, be careful. Yeah, he's saying, yeah, these figures are out there, and the tool's still working, 
but know that the tool is not intended to be for this type of market. Right. Right. We didn't program it for the COVID market. Yeah. We programmed it for the normal everyday, right. you know, that we've always done. And this with. is once in, you know, uh, 10 generations that we're ever going to see this type of yeah. environment. Yeah. So, so he goes on to say, uh, to your point, in this environment, the question is whether it's wise for dealers to be doing everything they can to make a new car deal work. My thinking is that the answer is no. Wow. I thought that was pretty huge yeah. to have a V Auto VP saying, I wouldn't be doing everything I can to yeah. put a deal together. Yeah. <laughs> he says, unless you can make the deal with a proper trade-in value, you're better off passing on the transaction. And this is a guy in the car business, very high up in a very large organization. And an organization that is very used car generated. Yeah. I mean, you know, most of what Cox does are a huge portion of their massive conglomerate. Yeah, I mean, they is around. Is, yeah, V Auto, they work with Mannheim, you know, they've, uh, you know, they're they own auto, Mannheim. Uh, auto trader. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you know, they are they I are mean, definitely. But they're, they're in the CRM market. They're in right. the back end market, the DMS market. So, reading a little bit further here, he says he justifies his statement there. He says my position flows from the fact that factories are and will continue to provide dealers financial assistance on new vehicles in the form of interest credits and uh, ever more incentive dollars. Uh, but in contrast, dealers will receive no financial assistance from anyone on overvalued used vehicle inventory. Yeah. So kind of sounds like he's telling his clients to pass the buck to the manufacturers. He's saying, don't screw yourself and get underwater on your used car inventory. Just don't do the deal and wait for the manufacturers to take care of you. Yeah, well, not pass the buck, but just, you know, seeing the writing on the wall, right? It's, yeah. it's not... The, I don't think he's he's indicating that the incentives and the participation by OEMs by manufacturers is going to be generated based on dealers following his advice. I think he just is saying that's going to happen. Right. right. It's just because of the economic situation that we're in. This is the market. Right. And it's it, a it's slow time for everybody across the board. And once things start opening up again. And money starts flowing, just like that. You know the the supply and demand in the on the used car side at the auctions. Well, there's going to be a supply and demand issue going on on the new car side from the manufacturers, and in their diligence and excitement to get vehicles moved so that they can fill them back up with the new models, they're going to participate at a higher level, right? right. It's just going to happen. Well, they, they've got a product to sell, right? And the dealers are their customers, so they've got to. So right, they got to make it a sweet, sweeten the pot a little bit. And so where do incentives come from? Well, they do snapshots of the country, and they say, "What do we have a lot of on the ground, and how do we move it?" Okay, let's throw some money at it. Well, theoretically, they're going to have a lot of everything on the ground. You can get eighty-four months of zero interest. You can get. You know, 90 day deferred first payment, um, those kind of things that I think are really going to, or their intent is to move inventory across the board, right? We don't care what it is, we just need it gone. I guess, in a different way to say it, is used car values are going to drop. Yeah. So if you are not aware of that and not acting accordingly, then, then you're going to be in a hard place. And, 
he has a unique perspective being the Cox automotive side, right? He's almost a representative of the used car market like uh, an analyst for the manufacturer would be on the new side, right? And yeah, here's, do you think the new car people are saying, uh, sell the cars now, sell them now. <laughs> Don't worry about your used car water. Just get rid of those new cars. Well, yeah. oh, no. You don't Everything want a lot full of new cars well, that are you, two years old. You still have your bonus, right? Your uh, fast start bonus, your yeah. end of the month bonus. I mean, you, they are still uh, <laughs> eagerly. Uh, I want to see an open letter from a car manufacturer. Saying, Just, yeah, don't do the deal. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't think I it would say that. No, it, would wouldn't, it wouldn't. <laughs> I think it would say the exact opposite. Yeah. Do Take the it. deal now. Yeah. Get and it here's why. Yeah. The light at the end of the tunnel is we know this is temporary, right? I mean, this is a right. current market condition and things are going to open back up. You know, nobody has the crystal ball to say exactly what things will look like after this because it's unprecedented. However, we know it's going to get better than it is today, right? I mean, when you, you're shutting everybody in houses and telling them, you know, do not move or, you know, be around people. It's an uncertain time. I mean, look at the stock market. Very clear indication that we're in uh, uncharted waters here. Yes. Well, let's move on. You mentioned digital retailing. Okay. So that is mentioned in this article as well, um, which the next section after what I just read uh, is titled A Digital Path to Safe Socially Distant Vehicle Sales and Service. So it's something that's been on all of our minds. We've all been talking about it. Uh, I don't care if you're a, a salesperson, a porter, a, a trainer or a, a dealer principal there's been articles all over and and everything about digital retail in fact we did a podcast we've done several yeah and yeah. We'll add this one to the list right i think we were the first yeah we did release. yeah, we, yeah. We, we were the first i think we did the first covid19 and then everybody jumped on the bandwagon we're pretty much uh, trendsetters I mean, that's probably why we've got people in bangladesh listening right because yeah we, people who listen to us today are going to they're getting an early view of what the common speak will be tomorrow. That should be our tagline. Uh, Say that again. I, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> I have no idea what I said. We'll play it back. Yeah, I'd and, love to, I can't wait to hear what I said. <laughs> so this is an interesting perspective here. Uh, without reading you, this is about a page and a half, two pages. So let me summarize. Um He's saying that dealers over the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, at least five or 10, have been moving their operations internally uh, to more digital stuff. So all of these Cox tools that, I mean, we love, if you're in the industry and you don't love some of the, this Viato, this Mannheim, uh, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I think they're fantastic. I mean, you look at Vin Solutions is one of the top CRMs out there. That's a Cox product. So Co they, they are not a sponsor. Well, they could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could be. It's only a phone call away. But with all that said, he's talking about the dealerships have kind of adopted this. They've used Viato. They've used Mannheim. They're using CRM. They're using a DMS. They're doing all of these things electronically that don't require you to go to the auction to buy a vehicle. Right. right? You can sit at your office. You, heck, you can sit on your couch and buy cars for your dealer. Yeah. He's saying that now it's time to turn that towards the consumer. 
you know, and that we as an industry have adopted it internally, but have not pointed that focus towards the consumer yet. It just hasn't been a need, I guess. We made that point in our digital uh, discussion of, uh, of, did we? New, yeah, absolutely. On a previous we did. episode, we did. We talked about the fact. I'll have to go that back and listen to you sometimes. You should. You should listen to our <laughs> podcast. It's really good, John. Maybe hey, let's add I listen to it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of the average of fifteen hours, I think it's might be skewed a little bit because how often I listen. But um, yeah, when you when you're looking at it, you know, it's been much longer than it's been in the in the retail marketplace that used car managers are sitting in an office somewhere and they're buying their inventory from a one-click shopping standpoint. So talking to a GM uh, recently, he's going through the issue of trying to find the back-end tool that will finalize the deal digitally. And I, I don't think he's unique in that I think that's a that's a huge push in uh, in the marketplace that GMs across the country right now are saying, you know, how do I become more digital? And this is a dealership that pretty digitally savvy. I mean, you know, they've got, you know, uh, multiple YouTube channels and, and they're using technology to its fullest. They were an early adopter of BDC. Again, just utilizing social media and, and digital, I would say, as good as anybody out there. However, still have that gap between presenting a car digitally and finalizing a deal digitally, which is a huge leap over a chasm there as to how do I get to that end, end result and do I want to go to that? Yeah, and in my recent experience, uh, you know, up until this kind of crisis hit, uh, dealers were happy just to have their inventory listed online. <laughs> Accurately. <laughs> no, not even accurately. That was okay. Uh, Hell, that's one of the lines that we coached traveling around is, you know, uh, I know you've looked on the website, but, you know, it's having a hard time staying up to date because some of the cars on there have already been sold. Oh, yeah. Some of the ones we've gotten in, we haven't even been able to list well, yet. And I love so the it's ones. literally a reason to come to the dealership was right. the website's not right. Well, you know, and somehow, you know, in the back end, you'd have a brand new car that's a, you know, a $50,000 car and it's listed for like twelve nine. <laughs> and people are saying, well, you advertise for that, so you have to sell it to me for that. Well, no, sir. Oh. You know, I mean, we, or it's a glitch in the technology. Uh, so, because I've seen them where a $20,000 car was listed for $102,000, right? Well, <laughs> I don't expect you to pay the 102000 for this one. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, mistakes happen. Right? Well, and not to mention, when you go on the new car side and look at the vehicles, about half of them are a stock photo. You know, they are, it's just the standard uh, 1500, right? doesn't have the same equipment, not even the right color. Right. It's yeah. a two-door, and the, the vehicle is actually <laughs> yeah. a, a crew yeah. cab. Well, let's list some of the things he talks about here with COVID. He said, uh, in the blink of an eye, a lot of dealers took digital retailing more seriously. Uh, Auto Trader notes that more than 5,000 dealers signed up for its quote, dealer home services, end quote, in the first two days of their offering. Now, I don't know when they launched this thing, but I assume it was during this crisis. So 5,000 dealers signed up. I mean, how many dealers? There's 23,000 franchise dealers in America. Yeah, I know. I heard closer to 30. Okay, maybe it's gone up. Uh, 
This is kind of funny. He says, such is the way of the car dealer in America. Put them in a corner and they'll find a way to get out. What a kind thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've recognized that of the dealers that I know across the country. Yeah. Yeah, they are a very... You you either survive or you don't. It's uh, evolution. Right. right? Here's the thing about evolution that I can't stand. Is you ever notice how when people talk about evolution, they say, well, the tree, if you want this tree to grow properly, see, it wants to go this way. It wants to branch out this way. The tree, listen, sir, the tree does not want anything. (laughs) The tree does what trees do. And if it works, it survives. And if it doesn't, it dies. (laughs) And magically, the ones that you notice that grew that way lived. Right. (laughs) Because you didn't see the ones that died. So here's the thing about evolution. Inanimate things or living things don't do things because they want to. Right. They they. Try all things, and the things that work are the ones that work. Right. So, yeah, I say the same thing about car dealers. The ones who uh, embrace giving this digital retailing a try are the ones that are going to be top of the game, you know, in years to come. Yeah. And that's and that's ultimately all any of them are doing is comparing themselves to the rest of the market within their, you know, the, the other like branded dealerships in their region and then the other non-like dealerships that are in their direct market and saying how am i compared to them and if they're selling more than i am then i need to change what i'm doing because obviously every sale that they're getting is one that i'm not and how do i get capture a larger market share yeah that's what it is my uncle told me um I was working for him when I was 17 years old. And he said, John, the thing about business is if you're not growing, you're going out of business. Right. I mean, because there's if you're not, there's somebody else that is growing yeah. and they're going to take your market share. Right. So, And there is. There's a finite market share in an area. Yeah. I mean, I have a good friend of mine who has a dealership and he would always say, you know, I, the, the issue that he saw was he has the market share that he has. Right, so he hires some outside source, some new marketing scheme or digital retail process or consultant. Third, no, 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 no. We are we are invaluable. But and he said there is a certain number of people who are going to buy a car in a given month. Right, that's a that's a static number. It's a defined number. Okay. And he said, so I purchase. I, I bet he's finding out now that that's not true. But go ahead. Well, but it, it's still it is true. It's just the number may be smaller than the predicted it's, number. It's not static uh, to what it was two months ago. No, but it's a it's a defined number. Okay. Right. I mean, it, it, that number may, you may not know what that number is until the end of the month. But at the end of the month, that number is what that number is. Okay. Right. So there's only a certain number of people who are going to buy a car this month. He said. So if I hire some third party vendor so that I can sell more to those people. Well, so now I start to sell more to them. So then the guy down the street goes, well, gosh, I need to get my market share back or increase my market share. So now I'm going to hire that third-party vendor, right? So then everybody hires that same third-party vendor. So now we're all just back to even. And then we, you know, find some new thing. And then I participate in that or somebody else participates in that first. Mm -hmm. So he grows a little bit of market share. So I don't want to lose my market share to him. So now I got to go pay this other guy, right? So in his mind, it was this... You know, all they were doing was spending more and more and more and more. Had, and more. had this guy bumped his head recently? 
He was. What, that makes no sense. You he, cannot grow the market infinitesimally. But in, infinitely. In this theory, though, he was saying all we're all doing is we're all just paying more people to divide up the same pie. It's theoretically impossible, though. The pie, everyone can't grow their market share and the pie remain the same size. No, but no, that's what he's saying. As you grow your market share, I reduce my market share, right? It's a set pie. So if you pay some third party to get a little bit bigger piece of that pie, Mm -hmm. well, then now I pay that vendor so I can get my piece back to the size that I was, which is going to reduce his back to the size that his was in this stagnant number. Okay, you didn't make that very clear at all, but that makes a lot more sense. I think if you, when you go back and listen to it, if you would go back and listen to it, which we know you don't, uh, okay. you would hear that. Moving on, here we have these papers right here. On to service. It's a similar story, Ray, he goes on to say. In dealer service departments, which largely remain essential under current state and local mandates and serve customers who really need help. With digital tools, dealership service customers can schedule a visit, check in, review and approve work, and pay without any direct person-to-person engagement. Dealers can even use a third-party service to handle vehicle pickup and delivery. And we've talked about that. We have talked about that. I mean, he basically listened to our podcast and now wrote an article about Dead the things we were saying. And we are always on the forefront. I Boy, mean, if people who listen to this podcast, they would know before everybody else what's coming down the pike. We are nimble. That's what it is, Ray. No. We could move. We could, we could dodge. We could oh, weave. We could bob. We, we're yeah. nimble. We dip. We dodge. We roll. We jump. Rather than simply losing sleep, he says, I would encourage every dealer to reach out to your Cox Automotive partner, whether it's a performance manager, account executive, or sales rep, to help you map out the best next steps for your business. Love that guy. Open letter, just trying to help you. And best way I can help you is call one of my sales reps. And let I mean, them sell you a product. Would you not be the same way? Absolutely. That's why I said I love the guy. I got no problem with that. If I you don't believe in your product, look, if you believe in what you're selling, then you believe everybody should be using I've it. I've heard that before, John. Maybe on one of our podcasts. The 10 reasons that we haven't released yet. We need to release that. All right. We got to edit that and release it this week. We should. That's a good one. About 10 reasons. I'm really passionate about that. All right. Well, and... It's about believing in what you're selling. And for listeners, I will tell you, be mindful. We're going to start putting into our uh, podcast titles the record date. So you can see that some that we release now or in the future were actually recorded weeks or even months ago. Well, we've been having a problem, Ray. And maybe, let's just review this. Maybe we'll leave this in there for our listeners. We've been having a debate on how to number our podcast episodes. Uh, I was of the firm belief for a long time that we should number them in the way, the sequence that we record them, no matter when they're released. But we heard from a listener the other day that, like, I was listening to episode 48, and then the next one was episode 14, and I'm kind of lost. I don't understand what I'm listening to. Yes. So I conceded that we could number them as we release them. Right. 
And then we can put in, you suggested we can put in parentheses there, the recorded date, which will satisfy my need yes. for everyone to know the chronological recording. And, and part of that is we feel as though others may disagree, our recordings have improved over well, hopefully, time. Hopefully they will continue to do so. Hopefully <laughs> and, we're right, number one. Well, here's and two, what I can that tell will continue you, to happen. What I can tell you for sure is if we continue to improve, we'll get better. Yes. Well, if there are podcasters out there that listen to this, please shoot us an email. Uh, the standard one is info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. Uh, go to our website. You can leave a comment on the uh on the podcast well, itself, you or? can, but there's a uh, like a contact us page, right? With just a form you can fill out, or you can just click to email us. But if you have feedback, please reach out and you know tell us how you've done it in the past or what you suggest. We're certainly interested in that. So, Ray, do we have more to talk about with uh, market conditions and used car and valuation tools, or have we come to the end? No, we're wrapping up here. We feel like Dale is provided some good information to be considered at least by dealerships. I think it's very interesting. That's why I wanted to do a podcast on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and timely. This guy knows the the subject matter. Absolutely. And he's giving his opinion laid out in nine pages. I think that's worth reading and and talking about. Yeah, and can we put that up on our our social sites? I mean, it's an open letter. I don't see why we couldn't. Yeah. So sure. uh, well, and and I got I downloaded it and printed it from a Cox website, so we can at least link to that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that uh, people can can read this letter, but yeah, timely stuff and important information to have, especially for those used car managers out there who are considering those trades and. And hey, a quick shout out to Michael Barrett of Proactive Dealer Solutions. Uh, I follow him on LinkedIn, and he's the one that posted that and kind of stirred the interest love michael nice guy i like him and he's a and he's a dj (laughs) professional bowler yes well super nice guy and super passionate about what he does he's one of the first people i worked with when i got into consulting that does bring us to the end of another episode of saturday morning sales meeting with john and ray we certainly appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us again thanks for listening If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com? No, Ray, it's just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. So just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. You've got it. Great.